What's up, guys? It's Lori, a.k.a. Loretta Child, the sex reporter and co-host of the Insatiable Podcast with Smiley. We have a new episode up this week, FYI. I'm going to make the link, the title of this segment, and you can check that out because actually this one was very call-in heavy. It featured a lot of people on Anchor and opinions on the topic of what the most overrated sex positions are, which is something we talked about way back a long time ago, and it's finally become an episode. So make sure to check that out. There's also a question at the end of the episode, which I'm going to make the question of the day so that anybody who wants to be featured on that episode when that future one comes out can call in um, anytime between now and when we make it and be featured in that episode too. For those of you on Anchor who have been listening to the main podcast, you can get that on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is that you like to listen to your podcast from. And just um, thank you to those who have left Uh, positive reviews because those actually make a huge difference especially in iTunes so if you do listen on iTunes um, or you know from an iPhone or an iOS device if you can do us a favor and actually leave like a, a review not just the stars but also like write something that is really really helpful for getting the podcast like discovered by other people so the question for today is where is the craziest place that you've had sex and was it good or bad I think because everybody has a different definition of normal and crazy, basically anything outside of the bed in the bedroom uh, probably can qualify as crazy. First up to answer the question of the day is Jasmine. Hey, Lori, Jasmine from the Black Girl Experience. I wanted to call in and comment on the question of the day about the craziest place I ever had sex. Um, These places aren't really crazy to me, but I mean, these are places that are not in the bedroom. So the first place is the movie theater. Obviously, we were all the way up at the top and it was like pretty much an empty theater. So that was crazy. Um, Obviously, I've had sex in the car before, but what was crazy about that is that the police actually had pulled up on us right when we were pulling our pants up, and they actually wrote us a ticket for being in the park after dark. So that was crazy. And then um, the last one, I would say, on a balcony at a hotel in Myrtle Beach. So those are my three crazy places. You know, the movie theater has always been kind of like a secret fantasy of mine, but I've never been in a position where it was even possible. First of all, because the theater is like never empty enough. Maybe I'm just too scared. And secondly, because some of the theaters that I go to are just not like if it's too nasty in the theater, I don't even want to think about that. And then lastly, because movies are fucking expensive these days, like If I'm going to pay that much money to go to a movie, I'm probably going to want to watch it. That's all I'm saying. And it's been a while since I've been to a movie that was like so fucking boring that I wouldn't want to like actually see what was going on. So, but I, like I said, secret fantasy of mine. So I'm very happy for you that you, that you were uh, able to accomplish that. And as for like cops who actually will write tickets to people who are obviously just like, you know, trying to get get it on somewhere or whatever. I don't understand that. Like, why can't they just let people have their fun? I get that, like, maybe they don't want to have to deal with, you know, if they don't ever police an area, then maybe a bunch of people just start showing up and having sex in that area. Like, I get that that might become a problem. But in general, it's like, you see one car, like, a couple's just doing their thing. Like, just let them go, you know? Like, come on. Anyway, thank you for sharing those stories. I know it's Friday. I know a lot of people are probably out doing something fun, hopefully at least. And 
that means maybe a lot of people aren't listening today, but I'm going to play something that somebody sent to me on Instagram that I think is a really good thing to keep in mind. It's meant to be something regarding friendships and stuff like that, but I think it definitely especially applies to relationships. I just saw this uh, Rumi quote that I love. Set your life on fire and seek those who fan your flames. The Philly translation of that is don't be hanging with no jank-ass jokers that don't help you shine. The prerequisite for spending time with any person is that they nourish and inspire you. They feed your flame. Look at your last five text messages. Are those people feeding your flames or dousing your fire? Put your phone down for just a second and look around. Look to the people around you. Are those people throwing logs on your fire or are they pissing on it? The people that you spend time with are going to make or break your dreams. Everybody don't deserve to be around you. You got to defend your light with your life. I have found that I subconsciously follow this principle. Um, people don't last very long in my life if they if they're bringing me down. And surprisingly, a lot of people are like that. And it's to no fault of their own. It's not like people are purposefully trying to drag you down or hold you back. But there are just some people who maybe because they don't believe in you enough. Um, maybe it's just because they've got different priorities than you. They're they're the role that they end up playing in your life is to try to stop you and roadblock you from things that you should be trying to achieve. And so, you know, this applies, of course, to all relationships, work relationships, friendships and everything else. But since this station is about sex dating and relationships, I think we should all take a good hard look sometimes at like who it is that has caught our interest and why that person has caught our interest. When you choose a partner or when I choose a partner, at least, um, I, I love hard, you know, and a lot of people in my situation in terms of like who are going 110% or, you know, at full speed in their career don't even have time for relationships, but I, I can't help it. I can't resist men. And so when um, I'm dating, if I do find somebody that I like, I get completely sort of engrossed in them. And when that happens, it can be very, very unhealthy if that person isn't 100% in my corner. You know what I'm saying? Or if they don't inspire me or if they're just making me depressed. And so there have been instances where I meet people I'm like attracted to them even. And maybe something about them just makes me like them. But at some point I realize like, you know what, this person doesn't believe in my dreams. This person kind of thinks that I'm chasing a pipe dream or this person is stagnant and sort of like happy with status quo and just like not willing to grow their life or enjoy their life. Or, you know, they just have such different priorities than I do that they're derailing me from my ultimate goal. And um, luckily, that kind of behavior pushes me away and I tend to lose interest in those kinds of people over time. But, you know, it would be really good principle to like look ahead and meeting people just know right away that like, you know what, this is unhealthy for me because I've got a goal. And this is the reason why I always advocate like goal mapping, because I don't think we should all know where we're going or even have like, you know, uh, an exact blueprint for how we're supposed to get there. But when we know what we want and we make sure that we're not straying from the path to get there, then it is the best preventative measure we can take to not end up regretting things that we've done because we could have spent time doing something that took us to where we wanted to be. 
if that makes any sense. So anyway, I just thought I would share that with you guys because I saw it and I thought it was a cool quote. And I hope you enjoy your weekend. I'm not an advocate, though, of like throwing out these inspirational quotes and not backing them up with concrete examples, I guess. Just because I think there's a lot of inspirational quotes out there, but you know, it's hard sometimes to figure out how they apply to life. And that's why I like to think about specifically like what's happened to me. And in relationships, I would have to say like my last two relationships were both actually, you know, if I'm totally honest with myself, all three of the relationships I've been in have actually stunted my growth. Not in a way that's regrettable though. Um, This even includes the guy that, you know, I've like loved the most in my whole life um, and who still is like family to me. Um, When I look back, I just think like, you know, these were men who I fully invested myself in and they they wanted me in their lives for for specific reasons. They felt that I improved their quality of life somehow. I believed in them a lot. I supported their dreams and they didn't necessarily do the same for me. I mean, my first boyfriend, I remember he even told me like he, we met when I was young, like a teen and he watched me grow and, and start my career. And he was really proud of me, but proud of me in a way that was like, you know, oh, look at my girlfriend. She's got a nice job. And, she, you know, I, I like to brag about her to other people. And it wasn't very supportive in that, like, he didn't really understand why I did what I did. And when I wanted to make moves, he was like, yeah, sure, that's nice. But what about us getting married and having kids? And not that I never wanted that, but I was like in my early 20s and I was not trying to, you know, enter that lifestyle. I felt like he completely didn't understand what I was trying to accomplish or 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 the reasons why I felt like journalism was like my calling. And then my second relationship was one where I actually, he he gave me a lot of support. He taught me a lot about life, but he, you know, he was such a big personality that, um, and he was working on so much himself that I think I got, this is my fault. I got too caught up in his dreams and to the point where it took a lot of time away from the rest of my life. I mean, I would have thrown anything away for him, for, for him. And that's how hard I fell in love. And so it wasn't really to any fault of his, but that was a relationship that actually derailed me a little bit. I think I stayed um, very probably two years too long in a job assignment that I had because I wanted to be close to him. And uh, but you know what? It all worked out for the best in that case because I just learned a lot about life, and I probably would never have found myself or discovered what I really wanted if it hadn't been for that experience of like such intense emotion and stuff like that. And my third relationship, I'm sorry if this is boring you guys, um, was with somebody who just, he, he, he actually intellectually supported everything I did. He wanted to, um, he wanted me to succeed, but he also wanted a very different relationship than what I needed um, at that time in my life. You know, it's like in theory, he, he wanted me to accomplish all my goals, but then he'd be like, well, you don't really make time for me. You're always working on stuff. And, you know, you know, I, I actually would have loved to sort of build things with him together because he had his own dreams, too. But he was really more interested in like doing, you know, like relaxing because he was like throwing himself into a job he didn't like. And then I think sometimes taking that unhappiness out on me and it was just like kind of a not good, it was just very imbalanced and just very different priorities in the end. So 
I would say, um, luckily, I was old enough and wise enough at that point to like recognize it about a year in to be like, you know what, this is like, we're not good for each other. I don't think we actually even really like each other that much, despite the fact that we care very much for each other. We respect each other. But clearly, like, this is just not working. You know what I mean? And he agreed. And we had like a very mature breakup. So I mean, when I think about it, all three of those relationships were not great for me. And maybe I am thriving a lot more by myself. You know what I mean? And these days, um, the people who spark my interest the most are the people who who do fan the flame, like Will Smith says. And they excite me. They make me want to work even harder. And they respect the fact that I work hard. And they've got their own shit going and, and their own interests. And they're independent, but they respect my independence. I mean... Those are the great dynamics that you find. They're very rare, you know. Um, I don't know. I can't even remember how long I've been single now. It hasn't been that long. But, you know, I meet a lot of people and only a very small number um, have that effect on me. And I appreciate them very much, even if I don't end up with them. Next up, we have a call in from Rayvon Heat. Rayvon Heat here. Eagle View Royales, Raleigh, North Carolina. Insatiable. I enjoyed listening to a woman of value perspective on dating and relationships. Um, you gave me a lot of insight, and I really appreciate it. Um, I was just on someone's um, station prior to coming to your station, and it was a woman. She was a little opposite of the angle that you was coming at, and I told her, like, you know, women should look at that. Like, I, okay, women should look. That's that's a that's a wrong terminology. Uh, I I would just say I look at women as diamonds. Or when I look for a woman, I look for diamonds and I look for queens. You know, you, it's it's not easy to find a diamond, but once you find one, you cherish one. It's not easy to find a queen, but once you find one, you cherish one. I really appreciate the 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 props and the gratitude. And also agree with you that when you do find someone who's right for you, you should treasure them. Um, that said, I wanted to, and this is not to be argumentative, but I take issue sometimes when people say or they talk about women, quote unquote, of value um, or separating queens and diamonds from the rest. I mean, it's not that there are people who, you know, it's not like I'm ignoring the fact that there are just people out there who ain't shit. Like, that's true. There's people who are out there who act unethically. There's people out there who are selfish and don't care about you. And yeah, generally, those people are not healthy people to be around. Um, they're not maybe in a place in their lives where they're ready to accept another person. Yeah, that, and that's, that's, that exists. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of times when we're talking about people of value or people who meet a certain standard of ours, we're actually talking about people whose priority match our priorities. And just because someone's priorities are not the same as yours or mine or anyone's doesn't mean that they're a lesser person. It just means that they want something different out of their life. And so I just caution people to be careful about judging a person just because they just care about different things or they evaluate themselves differently. You know what I'm saying? I mean, one person uh, the, who, who feels like, you know what, they only want to date someone who's got their finances together and has a great job with a steady paycheck and pays their taxes and all that stuff, that that is the quality person because that is, you know, that's a person who's going to add to their lifestyle. They've got their finances together. Their top priority is to be 
you know, within a budget, with a retirement plan, and that the other person that they're with needs to be on the same page, that is great. Like, you know what you're looking for, that's fine. But does that mean then that if you meet a person who maybe isn't a financial guru and who doesn't have a concrete retirement plan, but they've invested their entire life savings into a dream of theirs, maybe a startup, um, maybe a small business, or maybe just... um, they're living paycheck to paycheck right now because they have something else going on. Uh, they've got kids to raise that they didn't expect or something, and they're just trying to scrape by at the moment. Um, it's totally fine for you to not want to be entangled in a situation like that, but that doesn't mean that that person is not a person of value. In fact, you can't tell anything from a person's character based on either of those traits. I mean, the person, you know what I mean? Like the person without their money together might have be a person of much better character in terms of loyalty and nurturing um you know what i mean than the person who has a balanced checkbook so um i just think that we all have our own criteria for evaluating people and we should um we should we should be aware of that criteria but at the same time we should also check ourselves because sometimes we focus too much on that criteria that we think make makes good people and we don't look at people for who they really are and that goes back to something that i talked about earlier in terms of having a checklist you know so i don't know what exactly it is about me that would make someone think that i'm a person of value um I mean, I have some ideas about the, the the things, the traits that I have and the ways, the things that I talk about that might lead people to think that I am. But I don't inherently think that I'm necessarily of better value than the next chick. I just think that there's some types of guys who I'm probably better for. And there's some types of guys who they're the other girls are probably better for. So um, anyway, I just I'm not trying to pick on your call in. I'm just um, sort of calling attention to this way that we all think about people in general and that sometimes like, you know, maybe we should should change it up a little bit but either way i really appreciate your call in and i hope you'll keep listening one of the chief dangers of evaluating women based on their quote-unquote value is that a lot of men will evaluate women based on their body count which is something else that's come up on the insatiable podcast i mean we've got people out here who think that somebody is less of a desirable partner only because they've slept with more people and as you guys who who are regular listeners well know, I very much disagree with this. Um, I think that that is just a symptom of our sex negative culture. We think of people who are quote unquote loose or quote unquote sluts um, as being people who are too easy. Um, they're too, you know, they don't like to think that, you know, they think they're damaged goods. So... I don't, I mean, this idea that a person is like a thing, like a luxury handbag or like a car that depreciates over time and with use, um, I don't think people have mileage. I just don't. And so I'm not saying that, like, you know, that necessarily this is what Rayvon was calling in about, but there are people out there who, when they talk about, you know, how much they value a potential partner, they look at things like that and I think it trips them up because sometimes you could be passing on a great person just because you've got some weird idea about what makes a good person and what doesn't. And sometimes those ideas are just, they're just off. On the flip side, I often 
will hear women say that men are not worth their time because those men might have kids from a previous relationship or the men might not be in like the peak of their career as in their earning potential or you know have the type of job that those women approve of and that's i mean i'm just talking about common examples there's obviously lots of other examples of people evaluating you know um and the the way that people evaluate the opposite sex but you know in this case I see a lot of good men getting passed up on or being criticized because they're just not exactly at the part of their life where they're just ready for, you know, where they're just comfortable. And although a woman has every right to say, I want to be with a man who has his shit together, you know, in in the way that I feel men should have their shit together, that they shouldn't then just like devalue or act like the other men who are still in the process of getting their shit together are worse men. They're not. They're just at a different part of their lives. And maybe, like I said in the previous segment, they just have different priorities. Maybe their definition of success is not the same as yours. A lot of women think that, or a lot of people think that, the only way to be successful is to have a 9 to 5. A lot of people think that a 9 to 5 is the last thing they would ever want to do to be successful. And so, which side is right? I would say neither. I think that everybody is entitled to their own choice of lifestyle if they are lucky enough to have a choice. And... Um, and I'm just, I happen to be one of those people who I, I don't date men who are good on paper. I, I don't date, I don't purposely date men who are not good on paper, but you know, I do, I, I, I try to see people for who they are and how I vibe with people and the people that I fall for aren't always the types of people that my mother approves of. They're not the types of people that my friends would be like, oh, he's a great catch. But to me, they're the best catch because um, in my, I'm very picky and it's hard for me to connect with someone. And when I do, it's because they've got something about their personality just matches really well with mine. Usually it's some combination of raw ambition and hard work or something like that, because those are things that I believe in a lot. And just because a man has those things doesn't always mean that he's already made it. And so I do end up in relationships with men who are um, still working on their life, just like I'm working on mine. And, and I don't think that they're of lesser value. I, those men were kings to me. You know, in a funny way, this is not entirely unrelated to the earlier segment with the quote from Will Smith. And he's talking about the people you should keep in your life and how you should decide whether they're worth keeping. It's not based on what job they have. It's not based on how pretty they talk. It's not based on how many people they've slept with. It's based on whether that person is good for you, whether that person is fanning your flame. You know what I'm saying? And there's no criteria for that. It's got to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis. And um, I hope that people will do that more. And I mean, I, I'm sort of a anti-prejudice type of person. That's just who I am. So um, I guess that's, my, that's the end of my long-ass rants for the day because it's fucking Friday and everybody's probably out partying and I'm at home doing fucking the squat challenge and shit and like talking about Will Smith and, and my past relationships. So have a great weekend. This is definitely going to be the last segment of the night. Um, I'm going to spend this weekend replaying some cool stuff that happened this week as I have done in the past few weekends. Um, And I will talk to you guys with some new content on Monday.